and we are back and we are the run duo i am tommy mitchell and what's up guys i am india cook what's going on india oh my goodness it's been a busy last two weeks a lot of stuff going on a lot of stuff going on i feel like the running world is amping up i'm so excited about it oh it's definitely amping up Uh, we're Mm -hmm. definitely seeing a lot more posts we're definitely seeing a lot more people getting out there running run groups getting back together and running again um, you know, that, that sort of thing. Um, this is just before we get going too far. This is episode um, 81 yes. of the Run Duo podcast. And we got a really good guest today, don't we, India? Yes, we do. We have good old executive director, excuse me, executive director of Atlanta Track Club, Rich Kana, who is basically the big dog of Atlanta Track Club. But of course, he is also an Olympian and a fast runner as well. So we'll get a little bit tidbits on both of those. But of course, he's going to give us a little intel on the Peachtree Road Race, which Tommy, you know, both of us are really excited for and already signed up. Um, So yeah, so we'll be talking about that. And if you all have not already signed up for the Peachtree Road Race, there still is time. You can pick the the two days that you would like to register either July 3rd or July 4th. And of course, July 4th is a traditional day that the Peachtree Road Race is usually ran on. And this year it will be on a Sunday. Um, Definitely go on over to atlantatrackclub.com to be able to review uh, the registration for that. You can also sign up as an Atlanta Track Club member so that you can get guaranteed entry and you can go ahead and pick your day. If not, you can also enter your name into the lottery and hopefully get a choice to uh, be a part be a part of that that process. But of course, as you all know, the Atlanta Track Club um, Peachtree Row Race, HAC Peachtree Row Race is one of the large world's 10, large, why can't I talk today? <laughs> the world's largest 10K. Um, unfortunately, it won't be the 10K that we are used to because of obviously COVID, but we're running it. Last year it was not the same and it was done virtually, but um, it is an expectation that it will be in person. Um, there will be COVID precautions, so look out for that. So they are going to be asking for either a negative COVID test or your vaccine. So that's just a little bit tidbit. And when we get our guests on, we'll talk a little bit more about it. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. So India ran through that really quickly. I've done. <laughs> I mean, I hope everybody got it. India was like, oh, but he's yeah, bye 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 I did say it. <laughs> India ran through that. My bad. My bad. <laughs> no, that ain't bad. You need to look for a job in radio because you could be like, you know, on the radio morning radio shows that have the person that comes on and hits this, the news, like, in, you know, on the five and the nine, I'm giving you the news. You could be that person because you hit that perfectly. Give, you know what? I her copy. Give yes. her her copy and she Give got it. I got you. I, I did think I should start looking into I think we mean <laughs> talked about voiceovers uh, one time a couple years ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. So, anyway. But, um, I've, you know, I think, you know, because I think you signed up for the fourth. I did. Um, I signed up for the third. I think the fourth is going to be crowded because my minor little survey, because anybody I've talked to that I know mm-hmm. that runs, the first question I, is, I ask them is, hey, are you running a peace tree? And their next thing is, well, what day should I pick? They all, that's, right. the, that's, you know, and I give them my synopsis of why I went with the third. But a lot of them say like what you said, but it's the fourth. You know, mm-hmm. we run on the fourth. We got to run on the fourth. Right. You know, so I actually, though, based on my minor survey of people, I think, the fourth is going to be the day. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great day. And I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, I understand why people are choosing the third, but I just think that the fourth is something that is that is just tradition and it's going to be a good one. So, but you're not alone on the third. I have a couple people that's reached out to me that has already chosen the third. So yeah, you won't be well, out you know, there by yourself. <laughs> well, I mean, and I was talking to, I, you know, I, I think I've told you I work with a gentleman that is actually a part of the uh, South Fulton um runners or I'm mm-hmm. sorry running partners. yeah running mm-hmm. partners and you know he was talking about it and I was like well the only thing is like you know you guys the, the South Fulton running partners usually set up their little area in P- in uh, Piedmont Park I just don't feel that we're gonna be able to do that this year yeah I think that that's something that we can ask Rich when he comes on yeah like, I, that was uh, gonna be one of my questions pieces yeah exactly so that may look different and what are some traditional things that we may be looking forward to for the Peachtree that may not take place this year because of COVID precautions exactly which I mean I understand but I guess my the reason I was like not big on any day really because it's mm-hmm. not like we get to come and kind of hang out in Piedmont Park like we usually do so I'm not mm-hmm. really missing anything so I'll just get my run done and you know, come on back home and, and start marinating the, uh, the, uh, pig the ribs. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that, you know, I, I definitely understand that understanding or that piece of it or thought process of it. I think for me, 
even trying to run it on Petri with a with the a good number of people, and I think it's not going to be the same as is running with ten thousand other people, of course. But I think yeah. that it would be closer than what it would be for a virtual, and I think that they're still going to make it a good time. So I'm yeah. just looking forward to it, regardless. So yeah, definitely looking forward to it. Um, yes. Now I was at, and you know, you've done some running here lately. I know at one point after um, the the uh, half marathon, um, we both. Well, I know you took some days off. Um, I took some weeks off. You took some weeks off. <laughs> um, I took, I, I pretty much pressed forward. I did kind of, you know, this last week, I didn't really run that much just because mm-hmm. it was a busy week for me outside of anything to do with running. Um, but Sunday I ran and I usually run pre-dawn. Mm. And, I, and so I have my headlamp on. Literally I was running and if I didn't know that it wasn't snowing, I would have thought it was snowing because of the pollen. It was, it was coming down like in sheets. I was, I was like, what? At first I was like, is that water? And then I was like, no, that's not water. I said, that Mm -hmm. is pollen. It was crazy. I don't know if you saw my caption on my picture yesterday. So I went out for a very brief run yesterday. Uh I just did a mile. But literally, I said, this is a season where people that I'm a, I'm an open mouth breather when I run. Mm-hmm. But literally, every time I get done running, I feel like I'm eating cotton, like or swallow <laughs> cotton because there's nothing but pollen in my mouth. And it's yeah. just like it is so thick. And it's that time of the year where the streets look green because it's the black mixed with the yellow and your cars are co- is coated with it. And I just say, you know what, let's just push through. My eyes are itchy and wearing my con- my glasses all the time now because I can't mm-hmm. do the contacts. But yeah, it's that time of the year where wearing a mask while you're running is probably a benefit because so it's not getting all in it, but I just can't breathe with them. So, but yes, yeah. it is thick, thick for real. Yeah. Are you, do you, because I know you said you had scratchy eyes. Do you have to take like medicine for pollen or? I probably should. I just don't. I'm not a huge medicine person, um, okay. but I probably should. I probably need to. And it's so funny because some years I'm good on allergies and some years it's like I'm I'm under the just like done for. Um, yeah. And I feel like this year is going to be one of those years that I probably will need to take medicine, but it's off and on. So, yeah, I, but just over the counter stuff. I don't have to take. Yeah, that, yeah like that's what I meant. Like, you know, just mm-hmm. regular medicine. Like I, yeah, when I first moved here, like I moved here the year of the Olympics. I think that was 96. Yeah. And that year it got me like i was i mean it's, and that's the first i'm not allergic mm-hmm. to anything it's the first time i'd ever felt like that before right and i took medicine the next year i was waiting for it because i was i was mm-hmm. prepared i was like i got everything i got the medicine right. ready i know what to do yeah didn't b- bother and i have not been bothered with it since then so it's, it's really odd but i can like smell it in the air like when mm-hmm. i go outside i can smell it in the air um but yeah it was it was crazy i was like wow is it that much pollen going right out here. yeah it's pretty bad and of course because we're here in atlanta to our listeners the humidity is getting pretty up there as well so it's I like one it of those things I'll, I'll take that humidity yeah <laughs> i don't mind it either but it's it's one of those things where not only is the pollen thick but the air is thick when you get outside so it hasn't gotten to the point yet where it's slapping in your face when you step outside mm-hmm. but a couple more weeks it will feel like that gotcha. <laughs> now yes. um i know you uh went and ran the now you did you do it virtual for the women's no i did it in person so i did the atlanta women's 5k atlanta women's 5k took place this past saturday it was in person again atlanta track club facilitated an amazing event um something that was really interesting that they did differently um from the races that you and i have participated in Mm -hmm. is on the back of the bibs they actually had a mask connected to the bib oh wow so um i know that they mentioned in some of the the emails that they were sending out to us that that was kind of a trial run hopefully for peachtree that may be also an option for peachtree so mm-hmm. we can ask rich that about that as well but i thought that that was a nifty little extra precaution because we all know that sometimes as runners we wear masks and then you take them off after you well recently you take mm-hmm. some people take them off or trash them or put them on the side of the road, whatever they do with them and then when you get done you have to put it back on for me usually when I run Atlanta track club races I have an actual Atlanta track club mask so I put that on and I just kind of wrap it around my wrist and then I keep it moving um but I think that it's interesting that they added that extra little touch for COVID but it was a really good race um something that I loved about it is that it was in Peachtree Corners Peachtree Corners area, Peachtree Corners, Georgia. Do they mm-hmm. even call it that? South, South Atlanta. Yeah. No, not South, South Atlanta. It was north, so closer to North Peachtree Ross. Peachtree Corners. 
Peace Street oh, Corner sees Norcross, okay. like the I, Forum okay. and all that. So I know very, where that is. Okay. Yeah, so it's very exciting to have the race there because usually races are in South. They go South. They don't, they rarely have races in North Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it was really good to do that. Of course, it was kind of in a scenic, industrial type area, uh, side streets. And then we did hit a little trail area, but it was good. Definitely some rolling hills for sure, for sure. Definitely mm-hmm. rolling hills. But because I had not been running a lot, I definitely took my time. I just ran, walked and took my time. I had a couple of people that followed me on my YouTube and it was like, you supposed to be resting. Take your time. I see you over there. So I did rest. <laughs> I took my time. And when I say rest, I did not push it. I did a very slow pace. Um, mm-hmm. Well, a lot a lot of minutes off my my usual pace um and just just enjoyed it and cheered on the ladies you know that race is all about women empowerment and seeing the ladies out there going and it's always great to just be around all of the ladies that are out out there doing that race so really good day really good day that's cool that's cool i'm glad you enjoyed it what was the turnout like i think it was pretty good so they definitely had the sections the different waves i mean from what i saw was a really good turnout so Mm Uh, really good people something that was an extra perk this year so instead of giving us a t-shirt they gave us a necklace um so it was so we usually we traditionally get a rose which usually a lot of guys come out and provide Mm -hmm. us our roses at the end of the race so we did get our individual rose and usually we get a t-shirt but this year um erica sarah which is somebody i have been following on social media for a long time she does handmade necklaces and usually they're race related so you can get your time stitched on at 26.2 anything that you want on that on your necklace you can get added to it um and so she actually did atlanta women's 5k stitch necklace so it's really pretty so nice little silver necklace that you can wear so that was a good trade-off from the a regular traditional t-shirt okay that does sound like something different you know to look forward Mm -hmm. to um well i'm glad i'm glad you enjoyed it um i'm signed up to do the in-person uh singleton mm. four miler which is okay this coming i, I think it's saturday you need know. to know it's saturday <laughs> Are um, you ready i think for it's saturday trails? But, it's a trail race well it's um it's at the uh georgia horse park, horse park. Mm-hmm. i've mm-hmm. run a couple of spartans out there before yeah. okay. so i'm assuming it's probably going to be basically the same trails i've run before I mean, it's a trail, so it's still not easy, but it's not it's not crazy bad, you know. Yeah. The Spartan used to run a four mile trail mm-hmm. in that same you know same location, um, right. but um, I, I'm still planning on going. Uh, you know, as a, a young man, I, I usually be, was able to just decide I wanted to do something and just mm-hmm. go ahead and do it. As mm-hmm. I'm not an individual anymore, I can't yes. do that. So you have to plan. There's a there's a Easter egg hunt for young Trey that. Miss Heather thinks I should attend. So we will we'll see if I end up actually being able to run it in person. I might have to go virtual um on that one because it's she says it's at nine o'clock. I was like, why y'all hunting for eggs at nine o'clock in the damn morning? I mean <laughs> who what time why are you hunting for eggs at nine o'clock on a Saturday? Shouldn't you be hunting for eggs like late in the day? So we'll we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It's the uh, city of Tucker has an Easter egg hunt. Well, if it's at nine and the race starts at eight, exactly. Sir, well, sir, I mean that's what she already she that's what she already <laughs> said. But I mean we're gonna see what happens. You know, I I personally rather just let uh, Trey hunt for eggs around PR. here. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean it would be nice to see how he interacts with. You know, I don't know how you were on Easter egg hunts. We were a little ruthless in Winter Park, Florida. Same. So you we know, were too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I want to see how Trey handles. I like to see him in social situations and, and you know, see if he yeah. can control himself. So we'll, we'll see it. what happens. Yes. But yeah, I, I was I was excited about running in person. I told my coach I was going to run it in person. Oh, okay now. He's going to be up. Uh, yeah. Well, I was going to be out there getting you. Well, let me just say this. You know, with Coach Mark, um, I mean, of course, I've never been a person that really got into having a coach. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, for, especially for the training side, I didn't feel like I needed one. The only reason I ever, and I think we've already talked, we've talked about this before in the past. The main reason I would ever want to coach was the accountability part, right? You know, to get me out there, and just having knowing that Mark can go and look and see what I'm doing makes me get up. Like I got up this morning, you know, pre-dawn to go do my miles. It makes me get up. So you know, if nothing else, that that's that's trying to get my consistency back. We're gonna have to talk about my program. I think I need to be. I need. I think I need. He need to let me get my base a little bit more before he try to <laughs> try to pump. I'm like, Mark, I am not the same cat that ran that marathon with you. This is not, I'm not that guy right now. Yes, I, I need you yes. to let me, let me, but you know what? He marked like, let's go. 
he's on. like, let's get it. Let's, let's get, get it. it. You know, Mark, let's get yeah. it. Run them miles. Yeah. So, <laughs> but anyway, I'm, I'm really appreciating what he's doing for me. That's good. I mean, but that's what it's about with having a coach is building and it's continuing to have that relationship and communicating on what does work for you. And, you know, if you do need to have a little adjustment, that's okay too. Yeah. So I'm coming up on my, my, I think he gave me a five week program. So we're going to, we're getting ready to, you know, reevaluate. So I think I'm going to suggest, Hey, can we just work on my base for now and get, get me back there? You know, yeah. Mark trying to get me to a, a two-hour marathon. It's like, no. Like, no, no, like yesterday. <laughs> yeah, like, no, no. No. He traded you like you in the Olympics. <laughs> hey, I understand. Hey, I mean, you know, he and Mark's an athlete. I was an athlete. You know, that's how athletes think. Like, hey, yeah. we're going to do it. Let's do it. Yeah, but I get any, it. But anyway, you did something else, which yes, I mean, so I actually. great. Yeah, so I participated in the Stop Asian Hate Run Walk that took place on March 20th at Piedmont Park. So our listeners, as you all know, there was um, eight individuals murdered the week of March 16th. It was on March 16th, and Mm -hmm. six of those individuals were Asian American um, Asian American women. Um, so unfortunately that is very frustrating for all. And of course we give our condolences to every single person that was murdered during that Mm -hmm. time. However, we also want to give a little extra attention to the Asian American individuals that were harmed, um, excuse me, that were murdered, not just harmed, but murdered. Um, and so the Atlanta run club, which is ARC, they, they pulled together a run walk, um, to excuse me, they pulled together a run walk that took place in Piedmont Park. And it was just basically to show respect, bring awareness, and allow people to get in miles and donate money towards um, the Advancing Social Justice ATL, which is a nonprofit here in Atlanta. So every mile that was logged, um, a dollar was given and they were they partnered with Lululemon and mm-hmm. Lululemon matched those dollars. So every dollar that was mild was donated to this or to the Advancing Social Justice ATL organization. Uh, so a little over $19,000 was raised. Um, so that was amazing. So you could do it in person or virtual. And they had a Strava account that allowed you to upload your mileage so that you could do it there. So oh, okay. it was really good to be able to kind of see everyone coming together, having awareness and just helping people to understand that the hate, discrimination, racial hate, all of that stuff is not just black people. It's, it's, and I think that that's, this situation kind of brings even more spotlight to the fact that it's not just black people. Um, And so I think that we need to understand. And for me, that was one of my biggest reasons of going out and support is because we need to bring more awareness that the hate crimes are definitely happening. And unfortunately the hate crimes for towards Asian American individuals is increasing or has increased um, because people are assuming that COVID-19 is being brought to us by the Asian Americans and, you know, they're frustrated by the, the light our lifestyle and how it has changed over the year um but of course we know that that's not technically true and we just have to really stop doing all the things that we're doing in regards to hate to anyone um but also bring awareness to the asian american community because it's not well much talked about as much as it is for us as black people um the hate and the the murders and disrespect and all that stuff is not much discussed so i was very excited to be able to go out and support the asian american and pacific islander communities um, and those people that were um, lost remembering them as well as condolences to their family exactly and it's not that people are assuming it it's because we had a person in power that not did not um dispel that Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. rumor of what happened and he tried to push people in that direction as in to find someone to blame which you know people with no ideas just want you to blame somebody for your problem. So right, um, exactly. that's, that's exactly what happened. So it wasn't assuming it was mm-hmm. somebody doing this tactfully. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. And it's really unfortunate, you know, that we're dealing with this in this world. And I mean, and of course, hate crimes, black, white, I don't care. Any kind of hate crime stinks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What also is bothering me, um, and I, I want to say this really quickly, is um, right now we've had some, I mean, in the last, what, Two weeks, we've had what three mass shootings in the United States. If I'm not, if I'm correct, I want to say it's been it's definitely been well over. It's it's been more than that. I think over, yeah. and I and not and they haven't been broadcast. I want to say I looked up the number. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I want to say it was like a week worth there or, or a month that it was like 19 of them. And of course we have to think about, I looked, actually looked up the definition of mass shooting and it's basically yeah. four people or more So okay. in, in one giving setting. So if it, yeah. that could be gang related, that could be anything and it could be considered a mass shooting. Yeah. And so I think that, so those numbers have definitely increased, but go ahead. Sorry about that. And no, not a problem. Um, I mean, and when I think of mass shootings, I mean, which of course you're correct, four people or more. I think of mass shootings when a, a person goes into a place and shoots people he have no idea who they are he just mm -hmm. you know he indiscriminately shoots people people mm -hmm. if y'all don't get that there's a problem with guns in the united states i don't understand what else you got to see i mean after the sandy hook shooting at that point when when i saw that and then people were still had the nerve to try to say well no we still need to just go ahead and let anybody get a, a freaking gun i honestly gave up at that point but the fact that at this point we still have people who think that will go to their deathbed thinking you can't take my gun for the, mm -hmm. the better of the society. You still can't take my gun. And it's just, well, I, it's, yeah, it's just I, great. I'm a little too late on it. Mm -hmm. I think that we can, I don't think that we should take away the rights for people to have guns, but I think that we should regulate the type of guns that are being sold um and that's that's my feeling on it i feel mm -hmm. like there and i i know that there's a lot of conversation on who should be able to there was one conversation on if you have mental illness can you da, 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 da. and it's like there's people that have not been documented as having a mental illness that has access to weapons and i think it's very hard for us to put to put that stigma on people or to assume just because you have a mental mental health concern that you should not have a gun. Like, I don't I don't believe in have that. Have the right to protect yourself with a gun. It's kind of what right. you're saying. But yeah. I think it, mm -hmm. it just doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. But I feel like should a, a civilian have the access to a gun that the army may use or military, like, I don't think that that should be accessible. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think that we should just take all rights away from gun usage. But I think the level and the type of guns that are being sold should be better regulated. Well, I mean, I, it's, it, it must be too easy to get a gun. In my opinion, the, the guy Atlanta station, I, I don't know if you saw the cache of weapons this gentleman had. If y'all yes, don't know here in, Atlantic yeah, station. Mm -hmm. in Atlantic station here in Atlanta, um, it's in Midtown. There's a Publix. Somebody, and I think he said it was a door dasher or somebody was in, or is, was in the bathroom at the Publix and heard somebody loading rounds into a gun and then saw in the stall, um, was AR 15 leaning mm -hmm. against the wall. So of course he runs out, tells everybody they evacuate the Publix. They catch this guy as he's walking. I mean, the guy walks out the bathroom and walks into police officers, luckily. Mm -hmm. But think about if this guy, if, if nobody goes into that bathroom. And I know exactly what that public is. I used to go there all the time. Yeah. Um, and basically, the bathroom is right by the front door. So he could very easily walk out to Publix and been at Atlantic Station causing havoc. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, 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 it just, when, when you can't feel like you can just walk around safely anymore, yeah. I mean, I don't know what else to, to say about it. Yeah, I mean, it's very unfortunate. It does make you second guess being able to be out anywhere. Um, I, at one point, used to go to Atlanta Station every week, a couple times a week at one point when I was running with a run group and it was just, we would just be there. Um, and I think at, at any given time, it is can be very concerning being in certain places and being unsure if someone is going to come in and do what they do. But I also believe we can't live in fear, but it is very unnerving. Um, knowing that these type of situations are happening, just like the people that were murdered um, here in Atlanta on the 16th. Some of them were were workers. Um, they were staff, they were at their job. And then some people were there getting services, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, who would think that you would be going to a spot to get services and you wouldn't return home? Like nobody mm -hmm. would think that. Um, or nobody should have to think that that would happen to them. So I think that that's another thing. I think we need to just... I don't have the answers on the regulations. I don't no, have the answers. Uh, neither nobody on, does. Yeah. Yeah. On how that could be done mm -hmm. appropriately without also separating out people that may not, may or may, may not be a harm, but because they have a particular label, then they should, you know, it's just, it's so much deeper than that. And I think that we just really need to get down to the reference of hate and kind of how we are communicating to other people, having these open conversations with your friends, family, neighbors to communicate um, why hate should not be 
what why it shouldn't happen, debunking the stereotypes are being that are being put out there by people and just doing what we need to do to have more open conversations about it and and also being careful and cognizant about your friends and your family. Um, you know, if you have people that are doing abnormal things, always cooped up in their room, like it's just certain things that I think as friends and family we need to do better with in in regards to watching and being more cognizant of activities that people do. So yes. Yeah. Sorry. That well. was my soapbox. <laughs> no, not not a problem. That's why we're here. That's why we got our own podcast because we can say what the hell we want to say. Right. But we're getting ready to bring on our guest. Yes. Um, here we in just are. a moment. Um, so stay tuned. All right. And we are back and we have Rich Kana, executive director of Atlanta Track Club with us today. And of course, not only is he the executive director of Atlanta Track Club, he is also a runner and a past Olympian. So we are super excited. Hello, Rich. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes thank you course. for taking time out to speak with us today, Rich. My yes. pleasure. So before we get into it, because a lot of our listeners are going to want to hear about the AJC Peachtree Road Race, which is coming up on this year on July 3rd and July 4th. Before we get into some of those questions, because we definitely have some, Rich, tell us a little bit about you. I know I alluded that you're an Olympian, but tell us a little bit about your running history. So I ran my first race at the age of six, uh, and it was a four-mile race. And, and so my, my parents should be in jail for allowing me to run a four-mile race when I was <laughs> at the age of six. Uh, but uh, I, I was, it was the Newark Distance Classic in Newark, New Jersey. And uh, I did it with a cousin of mine. Uh, and I was so far back, so I was last, but so far back and last in this four-mile road race that my dad had to flag down a a police car and it was driving around Newark, New Jersey, looking for me to try. Oh, to find wow. So, so, so there was certainly not a hint of, of, of successful running in my future in, in that first race, but uh, 24 years later uh, and, and lots of, you know, peaks and valleys, good days and bad days, great races, bad ones, injuries and healthy times. Uh, I got the chance to, to represent the United States at the uh, Sydney Olympics in 2000. Awesome. Awesome. Wow. And your sweet spot for that is the 800 meters. Is that correct? That's correct. It was okay. the 800. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now you can't say was now, Rich, because you know what? I actually watched club night the other night. Was it last night that you all posted club night for Atlanta track club on your YouTube page? And I saw you, I think you did a 1200, a 800, a 400 and 200. Is, is that the right, um, Ladder Correct. that you did? Throw in okay. a 600 in there as well. But yes, okay. that's exactly what I did. So, so uh, Jay or in our marketing staff uh, assigned me with, <laughs> with the week's workout and they trusted me with the GoPro. Uh, yes. and, uh, and I threw a workout <laughs> together. And as you could tell, uh, I'm not as fleet as foot as I, as I once was, but it, but it was fun. I had a lot of fun. Good. Now, did great. you make up that workout or did someone else give it to you and tell you to go, go do it? I think that came from our high performance department. So our coaches said, hey, Rich, get it done. <laughs> what did, how did you feel when you read the workout? Were you like, what are they trying to do to me? <laughs> sure, it brought me back to my college days. So I, I, was, I was a middle distance runner. So 800 is middle distance. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I, I did not excel in, in longer distance races. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't terrible, but I, but I wasn't, that wasn't my sweet spot. So, so longer workouts like that ladders are, are ones that are a little bit tougher for me mentally. Um, mm -hmm. I'd like, to, I'd much rather do, you know, four 200s or something like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's, it was interesting watching it. And for our listeners, definitely check out Atlanta track clubs, YouTube channel. They do um, club night workouts and they basically explain the workout. And then one of their staff actually runs the workout and kind of tells you how you can facilitate it, what paces you're supposed to hit. So definitely check out their YouTube page for those. And they have a lot of other interviews and great things over there. Well, that that's great, Rich. I love, I love the past running. What brought you from being an Olympic runner to now running the Atlanta Track Club, how did that transition happen? It, it was a gradual transition. So I, I finished what I'll call sort of professional running in 2001. And I knew at that time that I wanted to, to, to build a, a, a parallel career or, or the, next, the next mile of my career uh, in, in the running space. So I, I started working for a small company that actually managed my career 
So I, I, I managed Olympic level athletes. So an agent of sorts, if, if you will, mm-hmm. handle the marketing for our athletes, as well as operating what I'll call world-class televised track and field events and did that uh, for a decade. And as part of that job, I started to do some work with the BAA, so the organization that, that operates the Boston Marathon. Mm-hmm. And, and we started to handle the, the marketing activation work for, for their sponsors. Uh, and in that time, I, I recognized that I was, I was more fulfilled hanging around, working with the everyday runner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and felt at that time that it was, it was appropriate to transition into a position that would allow me to pay it forward, uh, to sort of next generation runner. So, so, so use the experiences that I had a, as a, as an athlete, you know, age group athlete, slow runner, faster runner, high school, collegiate professional runner, mm-hmm. uh, and, and just, and just try to, to do good in the running community. And, and, uh, it's been a blast. I've been here since uh, February, 2014. Uh, and, and we're, we're just having a lot of fun. COVID aside, we're having a lot of fun. Yes. <laughs> of course, well, COVID I aside. will say that you're definitely exceeding even with COVID being here. I know it's not our traditional, but Atlanta mm-hmm. track club is doing well. <laughs> well, I will definitely say this because, um, I have, I can't tell you how long I've been an Atlanta Track Club member. I just, when, when you guys send me the email, I send you the money. So <laughs> not positive how long I've been an Atlanta Track Club member. But I've been a member for, for quite a few years. Um, I, and I tell people all the time, it's not really so I can get the free races or, you know, get into the peace tree. It's because I like what you guys do with youth runners. I, I, I like to, the way it looks, getting people involved in running. Um, I enjoy running, and I like to see kids get into it as well because I think it's it's not – done as much in the high school level like um like in my junior high we didn't even have a track team i didn't even get into running until i got into high school so i like that you guys look for those those kids to get them into running um and i will also say so say this i didn't know when you actually started um with atlanta track club but you've been with us since you've been with them since 2014 i have seen a lot of changes since 2014 for the better um you know bringing it into me bringing it into the modern age um, as far as the different races, how you, you run the races. And also, I want to thank you how you guys have handled um, getting in-person races going again during this pandemic, you know, doing it safely. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Yeah, it, 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 when, I, when I arrived here, I, I, I found an organization, Atlanta Track Club, uh, that, that had been well-governed, uh, well-operated for, for decades. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we were very careful, very conservative in our in our approach uh, to I don't know to preaching the gospel of the impact of running and walking, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 we've we've really tried to 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 take that up a, a notch or two uh, in terms of our visibility, uh, in terms of the quantity and the quality of our programming. So we we still I feel like we're we're making progress, but but still miles to go before we sleep. Yes, for sure. It's so funny, as you said, miles ago before you sleep. I think I said something to Jay Holder the other day. It was something about, I said, hopefully Rich isn't sleeping or doing so. He's like, Rich doesn't sleep. He's always working on Atlanta Track Club. So <laughs> I forget what it was, but it was funny. It, he said that he was like, Rich doesn't sleep. <laughs> always doing what you can to make make the better the organization even better and continue growing. So we greatly appreciate that. That's uh, my pleasure. It, it's funny you say that, though. In, in seven years, I don't, and it sounds cliche, I, I don't really feel like it's been work. So there, it's not, it's not as if there's awesome. sort of an, an on time and an off time. And I think you guys can appreciate this, mm-hmm. that when you work at Atlanta Track Club, there is, there, there, the, the lines between your personal life and your professional life are really blurred mm-hmm. because it's a lifestyle. Uh, and, and, and I, and I think a lot, Jay and a lot of the other staff would, would agree that uh, when you, when you're part of the Atlanta track club community, you don't really sort of have an on day and an off day. Mm-hmm. Everything's on, uh, mm-hmm. but, but you look forward to it being on. Yeah. And I think that that also attests to your passion for the work that you do. Um, I think that you will hear a lot of people say that when they're talking about if they have a side job or something, or even a, their full-time job that they're very passionate about the, the work that they're doing. It does not feel like a job. It just feels like you're doing something that you enjoy. So I think that that really attests to that, that portion of it as well. Yeah, well said. 
Yes. Um, so I will say, so, so since you have been a, a part of Atlanta track club since 2014, how many Peachtree road races have you been able to actually race or run? Well, there is an upside to, to COVID-19. So, so I was able to run my first Peachtree in 2020, okay. albeit virtually, uh, but I, but okay. I, I, I have one Peachtree finisher shirt uh, that, that, and, and my family uh, follows the rules. Uh, even though I might have access to some extras at, at the end of every year. I'm right. Not, so this is the first year that I've, I've donned a Peachtree shirt. Uh, and, uh, and as much as I would love to run an in-person Peachtree, I hope I don't have any, any additional Peachtree shirts uh, this year or anytime soon, because that means that we're back to normal. Right, yeah. exactly. I totally understand that. Well, we will definitely get into some of the questions um, that some of our listeners have sent in in regards to the Peachtree. So, of course, you know, people are concerned because of the um, COVID-19 and more so, I think, concerned about the races potentially being canceled. So, you know, that other races have been back and forth, you know, they change the date and then it actually is coming, um, will be on again. I know that you can't give a definite answer because we know with this COVID-19 thing, it's a day by it's a day by day transition and every day we find out new news <laughs> about it. But is there anything that you can say in regards to kind of reassuring some of the people that are loyal runners um, about the Peachtree Road Race that you feel like could give them a little bit more confidence about registering? So what do I know about the planning or? Sure. Sure. If you feel like it's something that um, I know, so we'll go, we'll go this way. So I know that the COVID precautions are being put into place. So of course, yes. regardless, so that is one thing that is a big thing. So either the vaccine or a negative COVID test. So you all are putting things in place to ensure that um, it will be a, hopefully a safer uh, race. Is there anything else outside of that that you feel like you all are putting in place to make it uh, more effective and potentially kind of go, go on without a hitch? So let me provide some some color into how we're approaching or how we have approached 2021. In November, December, as we were looking at our forecast for the year, we wanted we we basically said we're going to prioritize our our interests and our needs. And the top of that priority list was returning to an in-person peach tree and doing so on the weekend of the Fourth of July. So mm -hmm. so so that really has been our north star. And then everything else sort of filters or flows down from there in terms of what Peachtree looks like, its size, and so forth. Uh, so we we are planning, as everyone now knows, a two-day Peachtree, July 3rd and July 4th, because we to own what we know. And we don't know really what the COVID situation will be like at that time. So we're what I would say is sort of we're over planning, we're being overly cautious so that we don't end up having to do a virtual race. So well, we don't know how many people we're going to be able to admit into the race this year, but we know we're going to spread them over two days. Uh, and we know we are not going to shout from the hilltops that we are the world's largest 10K this year. Right. We're going to focus on, on the goal of being the world's safest 10K. Okay. Uh, and so, so what does that mean? So, so when we opened our registration platform, we said that we, that if you register for the race, you may be required to show proof of vaccination. And if you are, if you have not been vaccinated, a proof of a negative test. Mm -hmm. uh, and that has given us the runway to, to operationalize our plan. The good news is that with every day that passes, vaccination rates are going up. Right, definitely. Uh, and, and with every additional person that is vaccinated, that's one less person we need to figure out how to clear from a testing perspective. Mm -hmm. So what I can say is that if, if you are vaccinated, if you register for the Peachtree and, and you register through the lottery and you get in, or if you register as a member and you're guaranteed entry, uh, and you are vaccinated, you are essentially going to have a fast pass, if you will, think amusement park. Uh, and that allows you to move more quickly through your race number pickup at the expo uh, to get to your appropriate place at the start line and in the starting corral that you're going to be in. Okay. Uh, 
Okay. If you register and you are not vaccinated for whatever reason, we are working on a plan to screen you. Uh, and that plan may include a, a rapid antigen test. Mm. And many may have noticed that we are not delivering, we're not offering, I should say, race number delivery this year. Mm -hmm. Normally an option in the registration path. Uh, and we did that not by accident. We are not going to give anyone a race bib unless they are vaccinated or can prove uh, a, that they are not carrying COVID. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so that's, that's our filter. So there's a lot of little details we need to sort of figure out sort of below that. Mm -hmm. But I, with every day that passes, I'm increasingly uh, more and more confident right. that, that we'll be able to, to operate Peachtree at close to scale. Uh, and it will feel like very similar to a normal peach tree. Uh, but uh, you're going to need to be prepared for things like wearing a mask as you approach the start line, putting on a mask after you come across the finish line. Uh, mm -hmm. And, and we do, we're going to do that out of, an, out of an abundance of caution. Right. Of course. Now, I know this past weekend, um, as you know, I saw you at the Atlanta Women's 5K and something that you all did differently were the bibs and they actually had a mask attached to the back. Um, I thought that that was an amazing idea, even though I did not use it because I had my Atlanta Track Club mask, my actual <laughs> Atlanta Track Club mask. But I thought that that was a great deal. And is it good to say that that is an extra precaution that you all be, will be using for the Peachtree Road Race as well? That is something that we hope to do, and I'm glad you noticed that. Yeah. So it was a, a little bit of a pilot program for us. So, so the Atlanta Women's 5K is only about 1,000 people. Uh, mm -hmm. So it gave us a chance to look uh, at how it was received uh, and, and how difficult for us to deal with the to attach them. Uh, did it impact timing at all? Uh, how did the distribution process go? Did that slow it all down? So we learned a bunch of lessons there. Uh, and the main lesson for me, because I was standing there at the finish line as all the ladies were coming across the finish line, is it feels a lot more comfortable to say to someone, not have your mask handy, just tear the one off the back of your bib, right. as opposed to put your mask on, put your mask on, put your mask on. Right. Some, some people just um, don't want to hear that. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah, yeah, or I think, I'm sorry, Tommy, one more thing about that. Mm -hmm. So I think that when you are done running a race, regardless of what distance it is, I think grabbing a mask or pulling it off from somewhere, for me, I wrap it around my wrist. Like sometimes that's the last thing that you're thinking about. Um, but for it, for it to be readily accessible, and of course, when you take off from the starting line, sometimes people throw their mask on the ground. Like they just dispose of it instead of having, like for me, I have a washable mask, but dispose of it. And then you have this fresh one that's on the back of your bib that you can put on right after your race. So I think that it was definitely uh, a nifty idea and very good thinking forward um, for Atlanta Track Club. Thanks. And, and, and uh, credit goes to our, to our events department staff who, who suggested the idea and are playing it through. To your point, when you're hot, like hotter and you're sweatier, um, holding on to a, a disposable mask from the start line and then putting it back on at the finish line, it's going to probably be harder to do. Mm -hmm. So, so for those who have those disposable ones that, that, that toss them, let's say at the start line, um, they'll have something to put right on at the finish line. Definitely. Yeah, yeah that's great. Now, um, just kind of listening to you, how you guys are pretty much everybody that is going to be on the course running the race at the Peace Tree either has been vaccinated or you've tested them to make sure that, you know, they weren't, they're not carrying uh, COVID-19. So what is the finish going to look like at it, you know, Piedmont, which, you know, I've run plenty, you know, um, peace trees and Piedmont is the party spot. You know, everybody, mm -hmm. hey, you know, you see your friends. Is that going to look the same or is that going to be different? Because, and, you know, what you can understand if it's going to be different. But because everybody's already been checked, are we going to be able to congregate the runners anyway at Piedmont? It's going to be similar, but it's not going to be the same this year. So so as you come across the finish line. Uh, we're going to do our best to, to, again, to make sure that everyone has proper distance between them out of an abundance of caution. So theoretically, we've done our job to this point. There is no one who's carrying COVID around there anyway, but abundance of caution, layers and layers and layers. So we're going to try to keep people moving. 
Uh, we're going to discourage sort of sitting down and other social uh, happenings or opportunities. Trying to think sort of other, other sort of pieces that, that might sort of play in around the finish line. Uh, we, we will not be handing out any poured water, any water or fluids that you pick up either at the course, on the course or past the finish line uh, will be unopened bottled water. So lots of little things there, but the, the, the main takeaway, have fun, be social, but keep moving forward as you're doing it. Okay. Yeah. Understandable. Definitely. Are there any other traditions that we can expect maybe not to have? Like I know it didn't happen. I don't want to say it was last year, but of course I'm thinking with COVID, we probably won't get the peaches <laughs> that we usually would get. Is there any other tradition that we can probably expect that probably won't necessarily happen um, in regards to it? Like Tommy just mentioned the kind of congregating, um, but will peaches be at the finish line this year? We had a, we had a, a meeting on that today. As a oh, fact. look at there. <laughs> And the and the consensus was that that we should hold our peaches till till 2022, mm -hmm. and not and not and not chance it in 2021. Uh, so we are looking at at other prepackaged foods uh, that that people can feel safe about and around eating right there at the finish line because we're trying to make this as as touchless as possible but we can't right. control everything that you touch so so ha having having fruit that uh, that you would just bite into right there is is uh is not in the cards for this year in terms of other traditions i would say we're we're looking to keep you know the the, the typical traditions intact mm -hmm. the one the one tradition of just this crazy number of 60,000 people at the start line, uh, standing shoulder to shoulder, uh, yeah. sweating on each other uh, yeah. <laughs> before you start. That, that, that tradition is not gonna happen this year. So we're setting up the start line procedure uh, with less people, with less people in each wave, with more time in between each wave. So we normally have five minutes in between each wave. We'll have 10 minutes in between each wave. So, mm. so half the amount of people in each wave twice the amount of time in between each wave. Uh, and the way we're going to plan this is theoretically, every participant will have 36 square feet around them. So six by six mm -hmm. uh, to, to keep that distance from those around them as they are lining up at the start line. Okay. And of course, because you all don't know the cap of how many people can run the race, you all aren't, are you all certain or unsure about maybe approximately how many people per wave? Or is that unsure at the point because we're unsure on the cap or anything? We're gonna, that's uh, a good question. So we have, we're operating sort of from like let's say an upper limit uh, okay. and we won't put any more. So if normally there's 3,000 to 3,500 in a wave, we won't put Ooh, any more. I did 50, not know that. <laughs> yeah, 1,500 people per wave max. Okay. Wow. Mm -hmm. and, and a good way to look and and because this is all, this is all sort of a, a, a feet and inches kind of thing here. Mm -hmm. Start line in front of Lennox, Peachtree, there are six lanes. Mm -hmm. So you put 12 people across six lanes and then you put 25 people deep, six feet in between them. That's mm -hmm. your 1500 people right there. Uh, and you just have just a massive amount of space to work with compared to what we normally do. Wow, yeah. And I don't know why I'm sitting here and all y'all have done this for several years. And of course it takes even pre-COVID or without COVID, it takes a lot of logistics and facilitating a large race with 60,000 people. So I'm really excited to see how it takes place and um, how everything plays out. So my last question to you is I personally registered for July 4th to run the race because I have been running the Peachtree since 2008 and it's just July 4th is my tradition. Have you all um seeing more people registering for July 4th or July 3rd come for um coming up for 2021. We've seen more for July 4th and we we anticipated that. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the the unknown for us is the normal peach tree registration window is two weeks. Now it's six weeks. And mm -hmm. and we've done this to give people the maximum amount of time to build confidence uh in our plan. Uh, and it stands to reason that the people that register first are the ones that are sort of most intent on being in, the, in person at this year's Peachtree. Uh, you know, people like yourself 
uh, and are really passionate about sort of where and when they want to run. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have seen a trend toward more people on the fourth, but surprising number of people, more than I expected, who are choosing the third. Mm. And, and I think that might have something to do with the way the days of the week line up this year. So you've got a Saturday and Sunday. It allows some people who might want to, to do something else on the fourth, go, go out of town, run your race on the third, get your Peachtree finisher shirt, keep your tradition alive, uh, and, then, and then go off and do something a little bit different for the fourth. Mm -hmm. I think, Tommy, that was your reasoning, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For picking I, thought the third. It was, I was like, this is perfect. <laughs> so if I do still want to go out of town, I'm off that Monday. I can still, you know, hey, run my race, jump in the car and we're gone, you know, for, mm -hmm. a, you know, a weekend. So I, I appreciate that you guys are doing it on the third. I think I will really in, enjoy it um, on that day. And, I, you know, the less people, I'll take it. It's not, not, a, not a problem <laughs> with me. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. Well, is there anything else, Rich, that you feel like our audience would uh, would benefit from hearing? And of course, everyone that's listening, you can definitely go to Atlanta Track Club uh, website and see there they have a big FAQ. So any frequently asked questions, a lot of your questions may be answered there. And then hopefully, um, Rich also answered a lot of them for you here. But Rich, is there anything else that you would like to um, tell our listeners? A few things, if you don't mind. So, so sure. first, last year, right around this time, we were making hard decisions. Uh, and when we registered everyone for the Peachtree, we fully anticipated that, that we would find a way to have an in-person Peachtree. Uh, and then when we had to pivot and we moved to later in the year, Thanksgiving, uh, at that time, we felt obligated to give everyone the opportunity to get their, to get a refund or to defer and to, and to, and to change the, their original plan. We didn't have, sort of a real long-term plan on how to deal with not having an in-person peach tree at all. Uh, we do this year. Uh, so for those who felt as if they, they got short thrift last year, uh, I want everybody to know that if we are unable to have an in-person peach tree on the weekend of the 4th of July, everyone is guaranteed to get a full refund. Uh, and we did not we did not say that last year during the registration process. So event uh, road races, marathons around the world, as, as your listeners know, typically register people in a no refund environment. And mm -hmm. that's just because there are so many sunk costs in doing an event of this scale. Uh, but we need to make an exception in this COVID world. So if the event is canceled because of COVID, all bets are off and refunds come back to, to those who register. So I just, I, I think it's important for us to try to rebuild confidence uh, mm -hmm. with some people who feel as if they did not get enough choices last year. So that's one. Two, uh, we started this, we started talking about um, the, the track club and what we do and the next generation Atlantan is really important to us. So mm -hmm. Peachtree Jr. Uh, is, is in play and we will have Peachtree Jr. on the morning of July 2nd. So Friday, July 2nd. So for all, for all of those people who have kids out there who are, who are not quite old enough to, to run Peachtree itself, uh, we've mm -hmm. got Peachtree Jr. And that gives you the opportunity to come across that same finish line as everybody else uh, right. on Piedmont. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, on, on 10th Street. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. And I'm just looking forward to the energy that the Peachtree Road Race brings to the city in general. Um, I do know a couple of people that are still like flying in and like they, they want to still be a part of the Peachtree Road Race, even though it will not be your our traditional um, 60,000 people. Just being able to be a part of history and, you know, participate in the Peachtree Road Race is a big deal. Yeah, and I, I just want to say also, like the Peachtree it's a big deal. I think the peace tree, if nothing else, I don't know how many people, you know, of course, having a podcast, we talk to a lot of people and we ask them, you know, how'd you get into running? A lot of them from Atlanta. A lot of them say, oh, well, my first race, I decided to start training for the peach tree. You know, that's, that's usually the first thing out of about. Well, yeah, I kind of got into running because I wanted to train. I wanted to run the peach tree, um, which is great. And then you just talked about 10th Street. I remember reading an article once in, in Running World. Um, and Running World was doing this feature where people write in and talk about their favorite stretch of road. And I remember I, I, I took a picture of 10th Street. I wrote it up. They didn't print mine, of course. Or and you know what? <laughs> Somebody else probably sent it in, too. So I might have missed it. But that is my favorite stretch. That turn coming mm -hmm. from Peachtree on to 10th Street. 
I don't live in the city anymore. I used to live right close to that area at the other end of uh, the Beltline. And when I would go train running at, tra out there training and I would come and make that run to go back up to hit that uh, Beltline to go home, I mean, I always felt like I was finishing the Peachtree this Road race. I mean, it this just gave it. me a little, a little pump, you know, you know a, little, a little extra step in my run. So, you know, of course, we appreciate that you guys are making it happen, um, that we're mm -hmm. able to do that again and get that feeling again. Yeah. I, in all in all of my years in the sport, so so for 24 years as an athlete, and then now really 20 years since then, uh, I've I've had the the good fortune of 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 running and racing and training everywhere all over the world, like 40 different countries. Mm -hmm. uh, there is nothing like the energy that that one feels at the Petri, whether you're standing at the start line or the finish line or somewhere on the course. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I cannot wait to get back to that uh, this year. Yes, yes, yes. Great way to end this. I agree, Rich, like that. I can't wait to get back to it either. And however it turns out, which I know will be a great experience regardless, um, I'm really excited for you for you and for everyone else. But I just want to say thank you again to you and everyone else with Atlanta Track Club that's putting in the the long time and the thoughts and the throwing up the different ideas on how to make this a safer peach tree and having it go off. So I'm excited about it. Well, right back at you guys. Thanks for what you guys do. And as 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 we finish this up, if, if one wish for this year's peach tree that Atlantic Club delivered to 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 you guys, to both you guys on the third and and maybe the fourth sounds like India. What is it? What 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 can we not mess up? Um don't don't take out the flyover at the beginning. <laughs> I know that's really random, but it's something that I look forward to. Every peace tree is the flyover. I don't, I, it's, I don't know if people pay attention to that, but I do. <laughs> I think, yeah, I definitely pay attention to that. It, you know, I look forward to it. I'm, cause I'm always got my, you know, that's that, right after the flyover is when I put my phone away. Cause I got mm -hmm. my phone, you know, trying to see if I can get a photo of it. <laughs> yeah. um, they move a little fast. So I don't always catch it. Um, right. As far as for me, you know, Rich, I'm kind of a laid back guy. Hey, just make sure the course is, you know, safe. Um, get me to the finish line and hand me my, my little bag with my goodies in it, I'll be good. Yeah, and if there's, I'll give one more. I'm sorry, I know you said one. If there's any way that there can still be some bands or something around the course, that'll be awesome. I know that's difficult with COVID maybe, but if we could still have a couple of the bands that are usually out along the course, that would be awesome. That's it. <laughs> you okay, asked. So, so you, you've got my commitment that we're going to have music on the course. Okay. Uh, you've got my commitment. We're we're gonna try. We're gonna keep safety as our number one priority. Cool. Uh, and and I and I'm not a fighter jet pilot, but I will continue to 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 work our, our contacts <laughs> to make sure that 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 flyover happens as it as it has these last few years. Because well, I, I am there. I am that, there. I am excited. That, that, that's great energy. <laughs> yes, it is. Indeed. It just sets the tone, and it's like, hey, flyovers happen. Let's go. It's so. time to run. Time to run. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you again so much, Rich, for taking the time to come and speak to us. And of course, answering a lot of questions. I didn't. I don't think Tommy and I had to ask very many because you gave it to us straight out. So thank you so much for doing that. And we hope that you have an amazing evening and we will be looking to you, looking to see you soon. Sounds great. Stay safe. <laughs> thank thank you. you. Wow. Rich Kanai. Listen, listen. Yes. Rich is awesome. It's so funny. We've done all these podcasts and Rich finally brought it to the stage. And of course, I hope that this interview helped to um, bring a little bit more confidence to you all about the 2021 AJC Peachtree Road Race. Tommy and I are really excited about it. And thank you, Rich, for kind of dispelling a lot of the concerns that we may have and bringing all the details on how Atlanta Track Club is planning for it. Exactly. I really enjoyed speaking with him. I mean, I can't see how listening to this interview, you, you didn't get a sense that this is really going to go on because mm -hmm. I did. If I had any right. doubt after talking to Rich, I'm like, okay, I'm good. And mm -hmm. the fact that he said, hey, if, if, if we don't, because of COVID, if it back. stops, you're getting your money back. Mm -hmm. Y'all can't mm -hmm. be mad at that. So I, yes. I really enjoy speaking with him. Yeah, it's definitely a pleasure and very um, just... It's just very good to be able to not only be an ambassador for a company like that, but Atlanta Track Club is doing everything they can during these these hard times. And I just really appreciate it. So thank you everyone for listening. And if y'all have any other questions that may not have been answered, you can always hit us up in, on our social media and ask, um, and we'll see if we can get an answer for you if it's something that um, can be obtained. So. Exactly. But now, Indy, if they just want to get in touch with you and follow you, how would they do that? 
Yeah, so if you want to find me on my my website is milesfromindia.com um, and you can um, you can find me there and connect with me on all my social. But if you want to find me on my kind of everyday what I'm doing on my Instagram, it's I underscore of underscore indigo, which is E-N-D-I-G-O underscore run. So that's I of indigo runs. And again, Miles from India is my YouTube um, and you can find me at milesfromindia.com for any other connections. And you can hit me up at tmitch68 on Instagram or email me at thomaswmitchell2 at gmail.com. Yes. See y'all in a couple of weeks, people. Peace. Y'all have a good one. Later. <laughs>